Welcome to Pardon the Confusion. I'm your host, Paul Arnold. I'm joined by Ernest Watts. And Ernest, last week we earned rave reviews for our ramblings, our confusion, <laughs> our spanning the world with impossible trades that did not happen. So, Ernest, what's up your bag of trips this week? Oh, I just kind of let it flow. I mean, I do have one. Did Did you by chance see the uh, – we'll start with college football. Did you see the uh, Iowa State-Oklahoma uh, State game? I did not, but Iowa State won, right? No, no, no. Iowa State, yes, yes, they won. But it was the worst call I have ever seen in my lifetime. Oh, that's what ESPN said, so I sort of doubted it. So how was have you, it so Oh, bad? yes. How yeah, bad was have it? You, have you seen it? I have not seen it. Okay, the guy got called for taunting for an eye roll. For an eye roll? Well, an eye roll, yes. Then every kid in high school and middle school would get a flag then. Uh, he caught the touchdown, ran down the field, broke in wild, and, and did a little bit of a strut as he went in the end zone, but he looked over his shoulder at the guy behind him, and that's what they tagged him for. And the only reason we know that is when they went to Matt Campbell, who was the coach of Iowa State, he was asking the official, what did they do wrong? You know, I want to discipline if he, if he said something to the, the, the defensive player, I, you know, I want to, I want to discipline him. And the official said, no, it's the way he looked at him. <laughs> you see, our officials supposed to be that big part of the game. Do you think uh, this guy's no, going to get fired? No, 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 no. You know, who they're going to bring in in the, in the middle of the season. I mean, that's just it. Part of a team, you know, no, but no, no. I, I mean, the official fired. being fired. No, the official. You who are you going to replace him with? Somebody you know, else. They, yeah, I mean, you know, and they work as a unit in in college more than the pros. So no, they the and, and if you, it won't be advertised. I mean, at the end of the year, he his contract won't be renewed. But it's those, it's it's those, and and officiating it is those judgmental calls which are so hard in that respect. Because I've noticed this year, and I don't know if you have two of the pros, I've seen so many linemen downfield calls. I think I've seen more linemen downfield calls, and I, I watch a lot of NFL football, folks. Let me freely admit that, put that up front. But I've seen more linemen downfield calls than I have in the last 10 years. Well, I've, definitely, I've definitely seen more offensive pass interference. So that brings up a point about which – sport has the best officials as far as just entertainment value. And I would make an argument that baseball has the best entertainment value because you can see their faces. Oh. They have a long season. Oh, uh, entertainment. Yeah. Entertainment. I don't know. NBA used to, when you had Mindy Rudolph and some of those guys in the NBA, uh, you know, baseball is right, but they're kind of weaning out those guys who are really demonstrative. Uh, Cowboy, I think this is his last year. You know, those guys that really bring attention to themselves are kind of weaning those out. I thought you were going to ask who are the the best, and the problem with that is, and all four of the all all five major sports, I'll throw soccer in there. There is a disconnect between what the rules are and what's applied. The analogy I would give is like the speed limit. Because I have people tell me the speed limit is what's posted plus five. Well, I'm sure you always no. go the speed limit, Ernest, right? Oh, yes, I do. I get fussed at for that. But yes, I do go the speed limit. And more. But yeah, but there there's applied rules and there are rules on the paper. And I think <laughs> in, in sports, kind of like the speeding analogy I gave you, because the strike zone is not called what's in the book. Uh, you've got the big issue now with James Harden because if you're familiar with it, the NBA has put special emphasis this new year on not giving foul calls for exaggerated moves. And, you know, Harden's bad for kicking his leg out or getting a guy up in the air and leaning into him and getting the foul call. He's not getting those calls. I mean, the point that's affecting his average about 10 points. Uh, he used to average 15 free throws a game, and he's down to six. Now, it's a small sample. Uh, it's only four games so far this year. 
but that's a big part of his and, and Curry's game to an certain extent. Now, I agree because that's what's in the books. But as as in all five sports, there's a disconnect. I mean, look at me. Offsides weren't called in soccer before they went to the the virtual. Yeah, all the video has changed it. And yeah, yeah. But when you came home late from your curfew, when you went to your mom or dad, they didn't say, "Oh, it's okay. You you can be an extra half an hour. It's just a relative rule." No, they they held you to it, right? Yeah, pretty much. My dad's military. He was old school in that respect. Uh, you know, his old saying, which I told my children, is nothing good happens after midnight. Sometimes <laughs> I, sometimes I correct you. You're him, the one who I got that from because I remember. That came from my dad. Yeah, oh, I, to, my I dad. told my kids that all the time nothing good after, after midnight. That's who I got it from, from you. Damn. Yeah. Trademark. <laughs> trademark it. Nothing happens. Yes, trademark it. But it's. it's you know, but you, you agree with all five major sports. There is a disconnect between what is in the rule book and what is officiated. Now, well, we don't watch good, it to watch the officials. That's just the point. You know, we, well, a good official is, and most coaches will tell you, when I coached, you wanted consistency. And consistency doesn't always mean adhering to what's in the book. That means you call the same thing in the fourth quarter or the ninth inning that you call in the first inning or the first quarter. That's what you want is the consistency of call. Well, I was watching the pregame of the Packers bears game and Aaron Rodgers looks like Mr. Kazoo with that big helmet that when it was all yellow, it really, that uniform didn't help. No, he looked like he had a huge alien head. Anyways, before the game, he could see him talking up the officials and shaking and laughing and teasing how much does that before game, you know, hey, we're buddies with officials really work? Quite a bit. Quite a bit. It's subliminal. I don't think it's overt. But, you know, we, we tend to uh, treat people that we like differently than people that uh, we have preconceived concepts and ideas. Uh, I don't want to be political, but if you look at the trouble Alex Baldwin's in, I venture to say if that had been Tom Hanks who had fired that, that weapon, you would not see the vitriol that that you see in, in the media. Right. And that's just common sense. I mean, everybody, you look at the World Series, everybody's rooting for Dusty and, and, and no, Schnitker. No, no, I'm not rooting for Dusty. I'm rooting for the Braves. How can you not root for the well, Braves? Well, I'm rooting for the Braves, too. But the Houston Astros Dusty. are the most unlikable team except for their manager. Come on. We do have everybody outside of the uh, Houston area code rooting for the Braves. But I think, yeah, I think that there's a subtleness that you see. You see that the more friendly type of officials, you see guys who are combative, and, but it goes both ways. If, if it's combative, now I have a friend of mine who's an NFL referee, and if you asked him, and I have, he will say, because I've tried to find out. He won't even tell me who, what they're like on the sidelines. But I, I think it's subliminal. It's just human instinct. You treat people who treat you better, better. Yeah. You can and, be very professional. It's just human instinct. And they're fans, too. I mean, at the end of the day, don't you think some of those refs, when they're having a beer or Coke later with their buddy saying, yeah, Aaron Rodgers is not as much of a jerk as you think, or I talked to Tom Brady before that game, and, man, he has a great spiral, and he ta- asked about my kids. They're human beings. They're fans. they got to love it, or they wouldn't be doing it. But you were talking about players who do not uh, endear good thoughts from the officials. How about Rashid Wallace? I mean, of all the people who played sports, man, none of the officials loved that guy. But he was usually right. I mean, he he had the great line, which is the best line in basketball, is when he'd have a foul call on him, and he didn't think it was a foul, which pretty much was every foul he ever committed. And the foul shooter missed. He'd scream, and you could hear it from the court, Ball don't lie, which means it really <laughs> wasn't a foul. I mean, it's one of the great things of all time. And, uh, you know, listen, every NBA thinks they've never committed a foul. Uh, every defensive back feels like they've never committed offensive interf- defensive pass interference. Every wide receiver thinks they're interfered with every play. Every lineman, offensive lineman, thinks they never hold. And the reverse defensive guys will tell you you're held every time. They're all right. I mean, they're all wrong because there's holding on every play. There's passive interference on every play. 
even if it's a pick play. But again, you just want a, a consistent call from the officials in that respect. Well, you've touched on likability. Let's just chase that for a while. So Tom okay. Hanks is the most likable actor in the world, right? He's just that likable. Yeah. So let's do an all-likable sports team. So in football, oh, okay. who do you think is the most likable player in football today? Wow. Uh, probably Russell Wilson. Oh, you don't think it's um, Mahomes? No, no. Russell Wilson has more gravitas. He's been there longer. He has. That just means he's heavier gravitas. Yeah, I mean, he's just been there longer, and, and he has a he has a wife that is a that is a pop star, and he's in an area that a team that you know not a lot of people hate the Seahawks. They're a nice little team, you know. It's the Seahawks. How neat they are. I mean, you know, there's no, not a division no, no. that, you know. He doesn't do he, the I mean, commercials like Mahomes does. Mahomes is so cool that he does all those State Farm commercials. Yeah, but again, I think it's it's, it's Russell Wilson. And I'm not a Russell Wilson fan. I just think he's the, the type is likable. I mean, you got to be on a team that doesn't have a, a big rooting – teams that root against them. Like, you know, Brady is divisive. Uh, Rodgers is divisive. You know, Lions and Bears fans, oh my. Uh, sorry, I did Wizard of Oz. Uh, they don't, you know, the, 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 they don't particularly care. I mean, everybody else is, is, is again. Okay, so we agree and no. disagree on that one. All right. So you think it's, you think it's, it's Mahomes? Patrick Mahomes, yeah. It helps Maybe their marketing, everything younger, about him. I'd say under 30, but I don't think people over the I think you've taken the whole group. I think it's going to be right. I would have said Peyton Manning was the most likable if he was still playing. Because he's so good off the field. I mean, he's so funny. He's so relatable. That speech he gave at the Hall of Fame was awesome. Um, I think he's right How about up Gronk? there. How Gronk, about Gronk is boy. Yeah, he's right. Everybody likes Gronk. Uh, he's 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 the big dumb younger brother. Everybody is. He's he's the uh, frat guy. He is the epitome of a frat guy. He's your wingman. You want somebody like that on yeah. the side. But you're not going to leave your kids with him overnight. You leave your kids with Russell Wilson. And you're not leaving them with Gronk. <laughs> I don't know. The kids would like hanging with Gronk. Yeah, but you'd have to have him tested for diseases afterwards. No, no. Gronk is the perfect level. guy to go to Disney World with or amusement park with. No, he'd be pounding beers at the bar. No, he no. Really he'd, he'd be, be out there having fun. He'd be the perfect okay. guy. How many fathers with 16-year-old daughters would leave them with Gronk? I think Gronk's a decent guy. I think you got him skewed wrong. No, no. Gronk's I do a, think he's, he's right up there in Mahomes. He's, he's right up there in Mahomes. He saved his money. He's responsible, and he's fun-loving. Yeah, no, he's he's a really great guy. Okay, let's switch No here. defensive guys. We're not going to say T.J. Watt. All right, so most likable coach Watt. in – College basketball. I'm, I'm setting you up here. The most likable coach in college. Likable coach. I'm not going to say Hubert Davis. That would be an obvious. Wow, the most likable. Well, I know he's retired. You can say him. A Roy? Yeah, yeah, you know it's Roy. Good old old Roy. I mean, That's Ted Lasso was based on Roy. I understand. He was. Yeah. I would, well, I guess so because he's a Kansas guy, and Sudeikis grew up in Kansas and he yeah. used to go to a lot of. Uh, when Roy was there, Kansas basketball games. And he's a, he's a big Kansas basketball fan. So I can see that. I think the guy down the road from you has gotten that quality over a period of time, even though he plays for a team with a shade of green and he's a rival of the team you root okay. for. Yeah, Tom Izzo is a great guy. If he was, I mean, I think he's one of the best coaches and so much fun. Every interview he gives, he's so real. And he has a knack of saying the right things, like standing up for the right things and uh and, and admitting he's wrong. Yeah, he's he's really super likable. Um but college basketball, it's it's like either you like somebody or you really don't. And we know <laughs> Coach K is not on our top fifty list for most likable in the college basketball. Tony Bennett could creep in there after a period of time at Virginia. The singer or the coach? The coach. Oh, oh okay. The, the singer has dementia, so we're not going to go there. But Tony Bennett at University of Virginia is is someone that, uh, again, has a likability quality, and, and people respect him and like him. And I can give you a lot of coaches people can't stand. 
And a lot of them that have done things under the table. Because right now, college basketball is slipping into a, a O-West mentality in that respect. Yeah, like Penny Hardaway in Memphis. It just, everything he's doing just seems like it's on the edge of collapse. Yeah, I mean, he's he's pretty much taking the approach that Patino does, that I'm going to get you ready for the pros. And he's pretty much told he's got a, you know, Bates is coming in next year, right? Bates is a high school senior, and he's got a big guy from Philadelphia coming in. Right. And he, he said that he recruited them, that he would change the program to fit their needs. And that's a dangerous, yeah, dangerous wow. process. Wow. I mean, he already had Wiseman have to leave after three games yeah. last year. Yeah, because he had taken money from Penny. And, and you know, that's there was no reprisals to Memphis when Penny paid money to Wiseman's family to move to Memphis. And we have evidence of the FBI uh, assistance in South Carolina, Auburn, LSU, Kansas, and Arizona all paid players. Well, what did and, Cam Newton do way back when for Auburn? Well, I mean, this is nothing yeah. new. Yeah, but I think college football has pretty much kind of weeded a lot of that out. Basketball is basketball is worse now. All right, well, college football coach, most likable. Oh, wow. Uh, most likable. So most of them are gone now, like Bowden. Uh, I love Mac. I'm prejudiced towards Mac Brown. Mac Brown. Mac, Mac's come Old back. Mac. His attitude is just Mac changed. attack. Yeah, I mean, you know, Mac is 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 the second oldest coach. Uh, Saban is the oldest coach, but yeah, Mac is just a lively guy. You see him dancing with the players. I think being away from the game for fifteen years kind of rejuvenated him, and he he really appreciates the environment more than winning or losing. Yeah, so, so you, you don't like I, Dabo. I mean, uh, Dabo's okay. Uh, Dabo has gotten in trouble for some stuff. Do you know Dabo's real first name? Cornelius. William. Do you know <laughs> why he has the name Dabo? Tell me. Tell me. When he when he was born, his oldest brother did not speak very clearly and could not remember William. So he would say that boy. And it came out that boy, that boy, that boy. So that's how he got his first name. Nice. Nice. Yeah, college football, there's some coaches that you just, you know, can't stand, and the rest of them are sort of in between for me. Um, even my the coach Harbaugh here, he's so concerned about saying the wrong thing, he comes across as very stilted and not, it's like he's always watching well, himself. It's not, yeah, he doesn't come across natural. He was there that way at Frisco. He was there... As a player, he was intense as a player when he was in the NFL. I mean, you realize he started out getting chewed out by Ditka all the time yeah. on the sidelines of the Bear. I mean, that's got to influence you to a large extent. Well, part of likability is somebody that you can relate to and would tell you tons of stories. Bruce Arians down in uh, Tampa Bay, everybody says he's such a great guy, uh, coach for the Buccaneers. Yeah, yeah, I think there's, it's, and you know, there's a common thread that all these guys were discussing. They're all older guys, and they're not as intense in that respect. You say McVay wouldn't be a fun guy, the Rams coach? Well, only if he brings his wife. If you if you've seen her, I mean, oh, yeah, well, careful, her we got to keep this PG party, here. Party. Uh, no, I mean, even in the suit commercial, he's a little off-putting in that certain extent. Yeah. Uh, which would you want Belichick to come over? No, <laughs> hey, he, he, you know, time to go. He says, on to Cincinnati, gotta go. It's on to Cincinnati. Yeah, uh, uh. I mean, that's that's it's, it's usually again, it's the older coaches, uh, you know, uh, Seattle coach, you know, he is the oldest coach right now. No, no, Aaron's is the oldest, and he's the second oldest. They, 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 you know, that he tends to be more fun loving. Are there not any young coaches that are fun? Wow. You know, Campbell over there at Lions seems to be having a good time. I mean, he'd be a load of laughs. 
he, uh, he's I, such I, a loose I, cannon. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I've been hard on him, but I was impressed with the job he did against the Rams. Yeah, they almost made it. They almost. But I, I, I think there's an insecurity to younger coaches that they have to put on this hard, hard uh, feature response in that respect. Uh, you know, that kind of avoid. You know, uh, then again, though, Sean Payton's not the most likable guy in the world. What about either. Pete Carroll? Would you like to play for Pete Carroll? Oh yeah, you know Pete be a world like you know what Pete does on the Friday broad Friday practices, the walkthroughs. Uh-huh. He plays quarterback for the other team, for the <laughs> scout team. He plays and supposedly he can throw about fifty yards. Wow. Oh yeah, when I hear Pete Carroll talk, I hear Owen Wilson. I really do. <laughs> it's the same kind of laid back and kind of I haven't really I haven't completely formulated my sentence before I speak it. Because there's that hesitation, yeah, and there's that that wow that you get in him every once in a while. Okay, we're so, gonna yeah, switch gears. Yeah. Most likable player in the NBA? Are we weren't gonna go most like? Oh, we're going to NBA. I was going to baseball. NBA most likable? Yeah, wow, Steph. Thanks. Don't you think it's Steph Curry? Yeah, Steph's got a little bit of you know when that little when he shoots the three and turns his back. There's a little bit of arrogance in that. That's uh, just a little like I got it. It's just showing yeah. shit. Uh, wow, most likable. Um, I guess it's Steph. I'm thinking. I it's really not LeBron make... because he's made a few no, enemies along no. the way. LeBron will turn on you if you can't produce. It's not Chris Paul because he's kind of brutal also in that respect. Uh, I was going to say, yeah, I mean, who's fun-loving? Uh Williamson seems to be having a good time, but he's injured all the time. I don't know if that really commends on it. I have really been impressed, Carl Anthony Towns, with what he's gone through and to stay humble in that respect. Uh, the Heat are so tight. I wouldn't say anybody from them. No. Uh, Jonas seems to be pretty cool. Yeah. Jonas seems to, you know, the idea that you won an NBA championship and you, you showed up at McDonald's the next morning. <laughs> no, 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 no. It was Chick-fil-A, buddy. Chick-fil-A. Come on. Got to get straight, man. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, that's that's the centeredness that you got to like. How far away do you have to drive to get a Chick-fil-A from Rockingham? I uh, got to go to Larnberg. Uh, so 20 miles. Yeah. But you know, to, to have it down to earthness. You know, how many NBA players would be in a hot tub with female persuasion after winning an NBA championship or all night drinking all the uh, crystal they could get? He's he's at Chick-fil-A the next morning. I just kind of like that. Well, I think best or favorite player all time may be Shaq because Shaq's doing all his commercials. He is so cashing in on his likability. Big. Oh, it's genuine. Oh yeah, it's genuine. Do you know he has a he has a master's degree? He went back to school and got his master's in legal or law enforcement or something. Uh, law enforcement, but he owns so many businesses. He's kind of like magic to that extent that he's had a second career after playing. But you know, he's not. If you go retired players, the most likable, the guy you went over at your house for a pool party is Barkley. <laughs> I mean, he'd be entertaining to say the least. Yeah. He wouldn't come with an entourage. He'd be YOB. I mean, he just, he, he would just, uh, Barkley is the Mr. Entertainment. So if you could have three okay, guys okay. come to your pool for a party, you All think right. Barkley? Matumbo. <laughs> no, no, no. Not here. No, 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 no. I'd be fun. Matumbo would be fun. No, I mean, no, no. You don't think so? No, I mean, I couldn't understand him half the time. What fun is that? Oh, hey, I'm in the South. I got people here I can't understand. <laughs> uh, and, you know, Michael Jordan. But he'd want to bet me everything. I mean, like, try to beat me up and everything. Fun, fun. Uh, uh, let me see. Uh, Boban. Boban would be fun. Who? Boban Mavervich. The seven foot seven player for the Mavericks. Seriously? You need a bigger it, pool, man. Have you seen him in the Goldfish commercials? Yeah, that is the Goldfish, and he's in John Wick three. Oh, is he, he plays in the Sassley. He gets killed by having a book shoved down his throat. 
All right, so this is part of the confusion here, folks. Who is the best <laughs> ex-athlete actor that's ever been? Chuck Connors. <laughs> oh, man. The Rifleman? Come on. Yeah, Tom, Tom Selleck. Uh, was he really, truly, I mean, an athlete that made it big time? Not, you, not, oh, oh, so he's a UCLA basketball player. Tom Selleck was UCLA? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Uh, 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 let me see. Bo Bridges played for the. Uh, no, no, don't even go the there with Bo Bridges. Team. He's not even okay. better than the two brothers. Uh, Harmon. Tom Harmon's son. What's his name? Um, Mark Harmon. Mark Harmon. He does pretty good, but he's pretty. You know, he has the same attitude to every movie you see him in. He's like the same. You never seen him in summer school where he plays? It's a comedy. No, with no. Christy Alley. Uh, a little 80s, kind of an 80s movie in that same respect. So, I mean, LeBron was good in the, what's the movie with uh, the Judd Apatow movie? Uh, with Amy, the, whatever her name is. Amy Schuler, yes. Yeah. But the funniest the funniest part is uh, uh, oh, Bill Nick's uh, broadcaster who just retired. I'm Bob Eucher? No, 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 Nick's, Nick's, Nick's. Oh, Marv Alvett. Yes. Yeah, Marv Alvett is fantastic in it because he's in a therapy group. <laughs> and every uh, he's in a sexaholics therapy group. Yeah. I'm not lying. Yikes. And every time someone talks about Remember your grandson is listening, Ernest. Okay, all right. Every time someone talks about their foibles, he goes, Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it is hilarious. Yeah. So now we're talking sports cameos. Best well, I think Bob Euchre to me is the best. Sports cameo in Major League. I mean, but he's being himself. But he's not a cameo. He's all the way through it. He's so I mean, funny he's in to... that. And I think he's one of the best uh, actors. He did acting, too. did Mr. Belvedere. Oh, yeah. But that's way, that's lo- that's like 1975 or something. Well, well, you said Shaq. How about uh, Hot Shots? You Hot Shots. You... Oh, yeah, that's uh, right. Yeah. yeah that's you got true. him and Penny, Matt Nover from Indiana. I said best uh, actor that used oh, to be okay. in Napoli. I mean, well, yeah, yeah, they're good, but yeah. I know Denzel Washington. His son. Oh, his son actually good. played pro play for the Rams. Wow. Who was in Tenet. Nice. So that that might be a pretty good how's Karis? Webster, Blazing Saddles. Yeah, he did all right. He did Merlin all right. Merlin Olson. In uh, uh, what's the the Michael Landon angel? Not oh the, yeah, the uh, Little House on the Prairie. Little House, and he also did the Heaven, whatever it was, movie yeah. shows too. Yeah, the Angel thing. So Merlin Olson, Burt Reynolds was the starting tailback at Florida State. Yeah, you you know who his roommate was at Florida State? Uh Lee Corso. That is correct. Ding 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 ding. I remember from our previous podcast. Okay. Getting back to the other um, likable or dislikable list, we didn't get to baseball. Most likable player in baseball. I'd say Trout, but he gets so little publicity in that respect. People love Judge in the New York area. Wow. I'm prejudiced. I love Freddie Freeman. Freddie Freeman is the epitome of a class baseball player, but that's, that's very regional in that respect. No one of the Dodgers. I mean, Kershaw isn't that you don't know that much about him in that respect. So you know that last winter I took up the hobby of making uh, leather wallets and leather card carriers out of old baseball gloves, and I made one for my son of his favorite player, Ken Griffey Jr. I found an old glove that was in good shape and made it for him. I made it also for a couple other guys, and they were just like saying, "This is awesome!" And Ken Griffey still. His jersey's still selling as good as probably half the Major League Baseball players. He was so far beyond the favorite player. Do you think it's because of video games? Yeah, and I think the backwards hat, and he kind of tried to bring a style. But all time, you know who it is. If we're talking the history of baseball, the most likable guy. Babe Ruth? Is, no, no, the guy with uh, 12 World Series rings. Yogi. <laughs> because of all the strange sayings he had. Oh yeah, I mean there was a guy, short, dumpy, five foot eight, two hundred pound guy, 
who, you know, for a stretch of 15 years was one of the most dominant players in baseball, even more than Mantle. Mantle's was more of a tragic type of image because the injury and his, 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 uh, his obsession with death and his alcoholism and the point that he never really fulfilled his potential because when you compare him to Mays and Aaron and Clemente, I mean, his numbers really suffer. So I think it's Yogi. Yogi had this cartoon-ass figure-like aspect. Well, let's talk and about some of his quotes. His quotes like, if you see a fork in the road, pick it up. Or you go to other people's funerals, so they'll go to yours. Um, or oh, that's that's not enough. That's not a very popular. That's a very popular place, but nobody goes there anymore. <laughs> right. Um, Come to a fork in the road, take it. <laughs> I yeah. mean, there's a philosophy to it. I mean, and we are really skewing because most people who are listening don't even remember him. Yogi Bear. Well, I think they've heard some of his quotes. They might think he's a cartoon bear, but that's okay too. There, there's someone we're missing in current baseball, and I can't put my hands that's on That's really likable? Yeah, it's not Bryce Harper. Because well, Fernando Tatis Jr. is really likable right now, as far as young, young kids. kids really, yeah, young kids really like him. Which, which I don't know why Guerrero doesn't get the same love, but the fact Guerrero plays in another country. I mean, usually you've got to be in a media center in that respect, and you know, help because Jordan was in Chicago, and and a lot of guys we talked about were in the larger teams or teams that are on winners quite a bit. We need to do a likable uh, NBA basketball coach. Is there such a thing? Yeah, I mean, Phil. I, I mean, I bet Phil's most people basketball. can't name more than three NBA coaches right now. Most people can't name the uh, defending world champion basketball coach. <laughs> for those of you who can't, it's Mike Budenhauser. Yeah, didn't he run for president? Oh, boom, boom. No, he's he's That's part Budichek. of. He's part of Bob uh, Pop's little coaching tree. Half the coaches in the NBA coached under Pop at some time. Yeah. It's it's truly amazing. He he has more influence than Saban does. But it's because his guys actually win when they leave. Right. Right. All right. So we, let's go announcers and then we'll wrap this uh popular theme. Oh up. wow, this is gonna announce I know, announcers. So your favorite announcer, you know. Dan Patrick went on the air and announced he had a clear favorite of all his announcers. You remember who that was? I forgot. Doc Emmerich. He said Doc Emmerich, who does NHL, was the best announcer. Yeah, he doesn't do them now. No, he retired. Uh, I like Doc. I like Madden. I like Summerall Madden. I like Al Michaels. I guess right now it'd be Al Michaels. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not on the Romo train. I really am not, and I hate Nance. I really do. <laughs> I can't stand. How do you Nance. really feel? Wow. I. I mean, I just welcome Nance friends. So, he's, he's so fake to the master. He's so he's so fake. Uh, you got to give Buck his due. I know sometimes he seems, you know, kind of detached, but the fact that he's going to do, he's going to do all the World Series games and do two NFL games during that period blows my mind because I know the amount. I mean, I, I, I listened to his dad. Uh, his dad was more the consummate professional Joe, Buck. but yeah, Buck is, is Westwood is one kinda, Monday night football, Joe Buck. Yes. With who? Hank Stram. Hank Stram. Who was uh, five foot, nothing little guy coached at Kansas city. He had a terrible toupee, <laughs> a horrible toupee. And always wore the turtlenecks and a vest in that respect. But, you know, you got to give Buck his due. And I think Aikman is underrated. I like, I listen to Aikman more than I do Romo to that extent. I've really enjoyed the Maddens, mostly because that's a different experience. It's not your traditional calling every play and everything. And I don't need. You mean the Mannings, you know, not the Maddens. The, the Mannings, uh, Eli. And, right. Yeah. And, and I've enjoyed. I've watched every one of their ones they've done, and it's it's there's a raw quality to it, 
there's a hint of amateurism that I like, but I watch enough football that I don't need to see every little thing called. I can see on the screen. I oh. can, I can tell what's happening and they've been pretty good getting. Now I wish they would cut back on the, uh, the guests. Uh, yeah, I know. saw the segment last night with Sue Bird, and I thought, I am going to watch the forced, game. Forced, forced. It was so hard to watch, and she even seemed a little uncomfortable. Like, do I talk or let this? She talked too long but in now, some stories. Yeah, but Brady opened up. I was shocked to get a really unvarnished, kind of open Tom Brady. Now, Marshawn should have been put on a five-second delay. But that's Marshawn Lynch. <laughs> yeah, Breeze yeah. for somebody who does Notre Dame games. Breeze didn't really add that much for me. But, but think, well, you uh, bring up Brady. Um, John Elway was an incredible, likable guy when he was playing too. Don't you think? Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I wasn't under that same influence because I'm. We grew up a Colts fan, and he kind of did us dirty. Yeah, and we got that. the wrong end of that trade, so I haven't Oops. forgotten Should've that. brought that up. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, that probably led to the team leaving. Uh, well, I have one transition yeah. topic before we get to the Braves in the World Series because we, okay. we've ranted for about thirty-two minutes. Um, you who, didn't give me your favorite announcer. Oh, it's right now L. Michaels. I, I really like him a lot. I think he does a hey, great you know, job. This is the last year of Sunday night football for him. Right. No, he's going to Amazon somehow, some way. And they're they're force feeding us to Rico next year. Yeah. And I I kind of wonder if, if Hollinsworth doesn't leave too. I think he will. I think that's yeah. why the Drew Brees is trying hard right now to get Amazon it wants uh, uh, Peyton and Michaels. That's that's the that dream would be concept. amazing. Um. Okay. So. We're going to talk about Braves Astros. Before we do that, who's your favorite Brave of all time? Oh, wow. Uh, you know, Tank. Chipper Chipper gets in there real close. Oh, wow. Good for you, Chipper. Uh, yeah, you know, Chipper, you know, if he could have stayed away from the Hooters waitresses. <laughs> uh, oh, wow. He, he married two. Uh, <laughs> got another one pregnant, so. Uh, and, and, and I thought Chipper plays a shortstop in AAA. Uh, when he was playing for the Richmond Braves against the Charlotte Knights. So I saw him at the beginning to the end of his last so year. Freddie Freeman's him. not in your top two, huh? Number three? <sighs> yeah, Freddie's number three. You know, and, and How about Dio some, Murphy? You know, Murph was those losing teams and, and his statistics, he had a very, very narrow, narrow period of time. I'm going to shock you with my favorite Brave, maybe. Bobby Cox. No, Greg Maddox. Loved Greg, Greg Maddox because he looked like yeah. the average guy. He looked like Clark Kent before he took off his um, suit and became Superman. He was the average well, guy me- who outthought everybody, got the most out of his talent, and had a great sense of humor. This is, this all goes back to, you're not going to say <laughs> Smoltz because of the Doyle Alexander trade. Yeah. The fact that Smoltz grew up in Michigan, was yeah. signed by the Tigers, and the Tigers traded him for the Braves for Doyle Alexander, right? You, you haven't forgiven that one, have you? Well, Tigers needed a pitcher in the, in the moment. Yes, it was not good for us. Why did you have to bring it up, Ernest? Why? I'm, I'm sorry. Listen, Is that because I brought up uh, John Elway, right? Is that yeah, why? yeah. Listen, there's so many others that I love. Andrew Jones. Uh, Bob Horner? Petrosian. <laughs> You Bob Horner for a brief period of time. I mean, he fought with the ownership for so long. Uh, uh, man, How about was, Glenn Hubbard, second baseman? And then, you know, Glavin and, and Smoltz were more Braves to me than Maddox because Maddox came from the Cubs and went back to the Cubs. How about Deion Sanders? Uh, Deion was a joke. That was, you know, dumping up ice water on Tim McCarver. That was classless. I mean, he was just a side show. He was a football player playing baseball. I mean, he batted 250. It, I mean, 250 again, for a guy who didn't play baseball all the time is pretty good in the pros. Yeah, but he was he's he's not a, he's not a Hall of Fame baseball player. He's a Hall of Fame football. All player. right, we're running out of time. We got to get to okay. the World Series now. Everybody's picking Houston to win. I can't stand Houston. I've already announced that in this podcast. 
I'm rooting with all my heart for my Braves. Um, but Ernest, you're the voice of reason. What do you predict <laughs> to happen? Well, you made a lot of people laugh with that last statement. <laughs> uh, it, it's going to depend on the Braves starting pitching. I think their starting pitching is better than Astros. Um, they've got three with Anderson and Freed. And, and you know, the, they got better. Uh, listen, <sighs> Smith has given me problems all year long. I've seen almost every Brave game. And, and he Charlie reminds Morton. me of Charlie Morton. Charlie Morton. You know, Charlie Morton, the, the rejuvenation, because I, when he was with the Braves in the beginning and went to the Pirates, he was mediocre. He learned to throw the breaking stuff. But let me tell you about Smith, all right? Uh, there was a pitcher for the Orioles when I was a kid called Dan, uh, Doug Stanhouse. And Earl Weaver called him full pack. And it's because he'd come in the ninth and he walked the first pitcher batter. He walked the second batter. He walked the third batter and then he'd strike out three. That's the pitcher. That's Smith for the Braves. And Earl Weaver called him full pack. Because he made Earl so nervous, he'd smoke a whole pack <laughs> of cigarettes Smoking in the ninth inning. Yeah, he had to because calm his nerves. That uh, Will Smith has just been that all year long. I mean, uh, Luke Jackson and him have probably caused what little hair left on my head to fall out. <laughs> I, I love Freeman. I, 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 you know, they have a solid four guys in the outfield. Uh, you know, they're they did. I mean, the general manager, when they were down five games under 500, he he went for it. This is a team that was under 500 on August 6th of this year. And the relief pitch, I saw him blow so many games. And up until August 6th, it was win one game, lose two games. Win one game, lose two games. It was infuriating to watch and see. But, but again, I think this is going to help the trade deadline next year and what they're able to accomplish. Uh, Astros hitting is phenomenal. I've seen most of these guys play because the single A franchise uh, is for the Astros is nearby Bowie's Creek. And then it moved to Fayetteville. So I saw Tucker, who's going to be a superstar, the right fielder play. I saw the center fielder play Alvarez, the designated hitter who's hit, I think like 80 home runs in two years. I, I saw him play. A lot of these relief pitchers. So uh, this is probably the Astros' last hurrah because Correa's probably going to be playing for the Yankees next year whenever baseball starts again. Freddie Freeman is the oldest Brave at 32. And remember, they're doing this without their best pitcher, Soroka, and they're doing this without their best player, Acuna. Uh, they had an infield that averaged – 30 home runs for a player. Um, the shortstop hit 27. Freddie hit 32. Uh, Alvey's hit 30. And third baseman hit 35 home runs. They're a home run team. Middle relief gives me worries. Uh, um, whoever they go to, it's probably going to be Kyle Wright for game four. But it's not the best team in baseball. I don't think the Astros are the best team in baseball either, but they're playing in a World Series. I'm rooting for the Braves, but as I've done with my enjoy the majority of my sports life, I'm ready for disappointment. That is I'm, so you, Ernest. For all the years I'm, I've known you, even though you love a team, you always have that, well, they had a good try. It's like you want to be surprised rather than you want to be let down. Yeah, I mean, I invest so much. And, and with baseball, the investment is so much longer, 162 games. Football, the investment is, is 17 games. Basketball is 82. Hockey is 81. So so your the, prediction? The, Come on, man. Prediction. <sighs> Astros in six. Uh, I'm going to pick Braves in seven. I'm going to keep oh, the faith. I would like to also. I would like to. Come on. Come on. Come on. It would be nice. I mean, uh, how many the, Braves hats do you own? Do you own a few Braves hats? Oh, I'm looking at uh, the batting practice hat, <laughs> the Tomahawk hat, the old lowercase a hat, the blue hat that uh, that uh, Dale Murphy wore, the uh, the uh, Atlanta Crackers hat, 
which was their minor league team. I have uh, several batting practice hats, quite a few in that respect. I also have an away jersey, and I have a home jersey and a batting practice And jersey. whose names are on the jersey? Um, Chipper. Chipper. <laughs> Chipper. So he talks about Hank oh, Aaron, oh, but he goes have, for I Chipper. Do have, I do have a Hank Aaron. I have the old uh, uh, dark blue with the feather on the sleeve. Oh, nice. You know, and you know what we're going to hear about the next few weeks is they're going to give everybody, a, you know, and, and this is free tacos. No, the tomahawk shop. Oh, how it's politically incorrect. Yeah, but but see, now they have uh, an agreement with the Cherokee Nation. One of their big sponsors is Cherokee Casinos. And they used to have a uh, mascot that come out of a teepee to do a dance. Yes. Nakahoma, yeah, who was from Robinson County. He was Lumbee Indian. So they've worked with Native American communities. And then, and eventually, I think you're going to see the team name change to the Brave. They're just going to drop the S. In, uh, in you know, in this political environment, that's what they're going to do. It's going to be the Atlanta Brave. And they're going to lose all the iconology of Native Americans. They'll take away the tomahawk off the jersey, and they'll just just be the brave. That's eventually what's going to happen. But you're going to hear that flare. You know, if you got a World Series going on for at least six days, uh, providing it goes four games. All right, Ernest, our time is ticking, and we want to get some cultural reference in here. So you went to see Dune, huh? Uh, yes, in my living room. <laughs> HBO Max. Uh, many of you may not remember the original Dune, uh, which Sting. was done by Dave. Yes, Sting. David Lynch was the director, and he lost editorial control. He didn't get to edit the movie, and he disavowed it over a period of time. Kyle, uh, I just forgot. McLaughlin. McLaughlin was in it. Uh, Sir Patrick Stewart is in it. And uh, the guy who's in Das Boot uh, plays the father. And, and they tried to take three novels and put it in two hours, and it's, it's convoluted. The current one is visually outstanding and i saw it on a small screen uh it is only one half of the original novel it ends very abruptly um kind of like the matrix 2 does but there's enough in there and if you go in not knowing anything about the story haven't seen the original movie have not read the books you're still going to enjoy yourself It's, it's kind of a cross between game of thrones and star wars so the best uh, acting performance that you didn't see coming in that movie. Oh wow. Uh Rebecca Ferguson does a great job. You may remember her from the from the Mission Impossible movies. Uh Jason Momoa is just has that charisma. And the character he plays, you gotta love the name. It's Duncan Idaho. <laughs> uh, Duncan uh, Idaho? Duncan Idaho, yes. He is this warrior. Um, again, um, oh my, uh, um, the guy from star Wars is in it. Uh, uh, Oscar Isaac, Isaac. He does a magnificent role. Best beard ever. Uh, I mean, there's, there's so many. And Tim great yeah. I mean, I've not seen him in much of anything before, but he, he, he's playing a character in the book is 50 years old. He's clearly in his twenties and it, could be come off as petulant, but it does not. <laughs> Look that word up, folks, if you don't know petulant. Yes, yes. It, it could come that way, but it's it's visually, it's engaging. Uh, it does that wonderful thing in movies where characters die very early that you don't see normally in films. Watch out for the sand monster. Yes, yes. You only see it very briefly, but, but the setup for it's fantastic. Again, it's not set up to be a franchise, even though it's the first of two, because major characters are extinguished fairly quickly, fairly fast. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Like I said, if you go in, it's more Game of Thrones. Better than the Mandalorian. Oh, much better. Well, oh. you're able to do more. You're you're able to do more with this. Oh, I can't believe it's better than it's Mandalorian. Borderline, yeah, it's it's the best movie I've seen this year. Wow, but I, I'm I'm bad for saying well, that. Well, better than uh, Carnage. Suicide Squad. Well, Suicide Squad was the best. 
the Suicide Squad. That was my favorite in that respect. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's, it's well done. All I right. Mean, uh, I'm, I'm getting ready for Ghostbusters Afterlife. Yeah. Two right. Weeks. Paul Rudd. Have, have you seen Bond yet? We have not seen Bond yet, but that's when I will, I'll give my review and we can talk about, um, the twist and turns in that movie. I don't want to yes. spoil it. Yes. All right. Let's final good us. minutes. Ernest go. Oh, wow. Uh, for one, Ernest speechless? Wait a second. I know. Can't be. There's so much going on in sports right now. I am literally, uh, my Hurricanes are 5-0. and oh. They're one of four undefeated teams in HL. The Hornets are playing real well. We're not going to talk about the Panthers. They're doing about as well as the Lions are these days. Uh, it's it's the, it, You love about when seasons start. It's like spring. It's new beginnings. And every team, and particularly we're talking about the NHL, we're talking about the NBA. And you pick up rookies, you make trades, you do free agent signings, and you sit and you wonder, and in the back of your mind you're going, will this work? And from the NHL team that I root for, they picked up two goalies, lost a high-priced defenseman, picked up three guys to kind of replace him. And right now they're one of the best teams in the NHL. My NBA team, which has not been in the playoffs since 2012, uh, looks rejuvenated and looks good. I enjoy seeing new rookies. I enjoy seeing guys in new jerseys and and, and new uniforms. Uh, I know we got football coming in, and and here's the sad. Here's, here's the downer. We're coming to the fourth turn of college football. College football is so intense, but it's such a short period of time. We've got less than a month left to the regular season of college football. Let that sink in for a little bit. Yep. And and, this, and we've had more turnover in the top 25 than I think I've seen in 20 years. Well, Ernest, we've done it again. Talked about a wide range of things. And, You're and my you, most likable co-host so there well, you wait, go. Well, you didn't use the term. I had a song ready for it. If you're going to say the old man, I was going to go old man podcast. That old man podcast. <laughs> you sound like Adam Sandler. Rolling, now. He keeps. I'm doing old man Swanee. Oh, I know. I know. Stephen Foster. This is an 1842 song. Okay, <laughs> little respect. He keeps on rolling. That old man podcast. With Ernest singing us out, folks, this has been part of the confusion. Have a good night.